Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Tell you what, I want to jump right in because I have a lot I want to look at, and I want us to think about this. We've been looking at 2 Peter chapter 2 at those who are false teachers. And Peter was warning the people that he was writing to, and he's warning us, okay, because the Lord put this in the Scripture. He's warning us to watch these folks. And we're learning so much about them, and we're about to learn some more about them. So let's just recap it, what we've seen so far, and then press on that they are false teachers. They are among them. They are among us. We have false teachers among us, folks. And here's what they will do. They'll secretly introduce destructive heresies, even to the point of denying that Jesus is the master. They'll deny that he's the one who has saved people. And by doing this, they're going to bring swift destruction upon themselves. They uh, follow their own sensuality. They malign the truth. They exploit people with false words, and they do that out of their greed. In other words, they want stuff. They want more stuff. I'm not going to regale you with the accounts I could give you of how I've seen that manifest. I mean, it is just sickening. How uh, I mean, I, I know well-intended people who I think are actually saved who have got tripped up in this greed thing and exploiting and all this kind of stuff. But these false teachers are doing it with false words, and they're seeking to exploit. We've been promised, though, that they're going to be judged, and their judgment is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. And then Peter gave several examples of how God has judged in the past, how he didn't spare the angels that sinned, how the Lord uh, didn't spare the ancient world uh, with Noah, but preserved Noah and killed everybody else, drowned everybody else, how the Lord uh, condemned Sodom and Gomorrah. And so we know that the Lord will judge, but we also know that he'll rescue the righteous. And he gave the example of Lot, how the Lord rescued him. But then he starts giving us details about these folks. He said that they indulge the flesh, okay? They despise authority. They're daring. They're self-willed. They don't tremble when they revile majestic majesties. You know, they speak in a, a negative, hateful way, or an ungodly way, an untruthful way about the things of God. He says they're like unreasoning animals. Okay, They revile things that they have no knowledge. You know, they speak against things that they totally do not know about. And they're going to be destroyed. And they're going to suffer the wages of doing wrong. Then he says this, that they count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you. They have eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. They entice unstable souls. They have a heart trained in greed. And then he says this, they are accursed children. They forsake the right way and they've gone the way of Balaam, which is the way of love and the wages of unrighteousness. And then... We've seen all that, okay? Verse 17 now is where we pick up with new stuff today. Let me read this. These, and he's speaking on these same false teachers, these are springs without water and mist driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. And these uh, images, these pictures right here that he's describing and that he's painting come out of the Old Testament. You'll see very, very, very strong parallels in Jude when you read Jude's account of these false teachers that have crept in. Uh, we're studying Jude locally right now, 
And I just love the fact one of the ladies just gave me a great name. I wish I thought of this 30 years ago. She called them creepers <laughs> because they crept in unnoticed, these false teachers like this. And uh, But these springs without water, mist driven by a storm. You see pictures of this in the Proverbs and Isaiah. Verse 18 says this, For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. So there's some really interesting things that we're about to read right here in these next four or five verses that really challenge uh, what people think they know, okay, particularly out of my background and uh, the portion of the body of Christ in this area, uh, because we think we know certain things about salvation, et cetera. But look what it said. Those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. Uh, he's talking about those who are escaping and they're saved, but they're mere babes. And he said, these folks speak arrogant words and they entice them by fleshly desires, by sensuality. Uh, if I had somebody in a, in a Bible study of the day if they can, any examples like that today. And of course, we always paint with a very broad stroke, you know. They said, uh, TV preachers. <laughs> and I went, well, yeah, many are like that. They entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been in gatherings like that. I was in a gathering one time many, many years ago where uh, the guy literally got up. He was taking an offering, took 15 to 20 minutes to do it, and then didn't get as much as they wanted. Came back an hour later and took up another offering. And this was a very, very uh, low and, and lower middle class congregation. I mean, you know, they're me, they're us, you know. And uh, he was sitting there just going on and on about how God will bless you if you give this, if you do this. And if you're a true believer, then you, every true believer should be able to write a check for $150 right now. I mean, it's on and on, just berating the people, arrogant. And that's, that's, what, that's how these false teachers are. Verse 19, he continues. He, he says, they're promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. Okay? That's what these folks do. They will promise freedom to those that they're speaking to. They will look so good. They'll sound so good. And, you know, they'll dress well. And, boy, they'll speak well. And they probably have really nice stuff around them, cars and houses and things like that. You see that a lot. Now, it doesn't mean they're limited to that. I know some that are false teachers, and they don't have any of those trappings like that. But they literally function within a spirit of witchcraft because they promise freedom and they promise liberty. But what they're doing is they're enslaving people to the same corruption that they're under. You see that actually in Romans 1. At the end of Romans 1, in the last half of Romans 1, you have a phrase that's repeated three times. God gave them over. God gave them over. And God gave them over. The Lord was giving people over to the sins that they wanted to pursue. At the end of it, these folks that were living this way, it said their greatest joy is when they're able to get somebody else to be involved in that which they are involved in. Isn't that a sad state of affairs? I tell you what. This is rampant within the organizational institutional church. Even those that are truly saved, there's a temptation to function in this way, and we need to be careful because I know of a lot of situations where folks are truly saved, but those that are in leadership over them are false teachers, okay? And they're false professors. I don't think they're really saved. You say, well, you can't judge that. You can't do that. Uh, the salvation part, the Lord judges that, sure, no doubt about that. But the Lord has told us that we can observe and we can know their fruit, okay? We can know the fruit. And so if the fruit that is being manifest is the fruit of the flesh rather than the fruit 
of the spirit, then I can sit there and say, well, no, this is incorrect. There's some things that need to be changed about this. I tell you what, I better stop right here. I was actually going to go to the next three verses and finish this chapter out. But uh, I think we do well just reflect upon this and particularly these next three verses right here. I really want us to think on it. So we'll catch these the next time. OK, in the meanwhile, uh, do pass the word about these times together. Uh, share with your friends. Uh, just send them the link to the podcast or, you know, perhaps even show them how to do it on the tablet or on the computer or uh, on their cell phones. The cell phone is the best way to do it. Just download the app and it'll be there every morning for you. Uh, again, I'm Dale. I'll see you next time.